Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, The Lamb of God, and was spoken by Pastor Gary Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. The Word of God, John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. I speak to you on this Easter Sunday morning from this thought, the Lamb of God, past, present, and future. You may be seated. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The purpose and the plan of the Lamb is perfectly depicted in our text. He's the Lamb, and his purpose and his plan is to take away the sin of the world. On this Easter Sunday morning, I invite you to join me on a journey into the Old and New Testaments where we will find various descriptions reports and enlightenments pertaining to the precious Lamb of God. One such story can be found in the book of beginnings and it unfolds this way. The Lord spoke to Abraham and said, take now thine son, thine only son Isaac into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering. And Abraham and Isaac as they made their way up Mount Moriah, it was then that Isaac asked his father a pertinent question. In Genesis chapter 22, verse seven and eight, and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, my father, and he said, here am I, my son, and he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And so they went both together up the mountain. God will provide himself a lamb. We know that this was a prophetic word spoken by Abraham and some 2,000 years later, the eternal God would robe himself in flesh and come to this earth as a baby that would be laid in a manger and he would be the Lamb of God. Another Old Testament story and pictorial of the Lamb of God is revealed when Israel was preparing for their exodus out of Egypt. I remind you of Genesis 12 and 3 where it says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel. This is God speaking to Moses to speak to Israel. In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And take the blood of the lamb and strike it on the two posts and on the upper post of the house wherein 
ye shall partake of the Lamb. And the blood of the Lamb shall be to you as a token upon the house where you are. And the Lord God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So for Israel, by applying the blood of the Lamb, they were protected from the fury and the wrath and the judgment of God, which would descend upon the nation of Egypt on that historic night. So to escape the pending doom of the death angel, it was imperative that the blood of the lamb be applied on every house. In Exodus 12, 23, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. And then when we read another passage from this same chapter, it's an interesting directive given to Israel by God. It simply says in the last part of verse 22, none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. So in the darkness of the night, we see that the only safe place for Israel was in the house where the blood was applied. That's an important allegory for us on this Easter Sunday morning. The blood of Jesus Christ is our only hope for a world that is rapidly veering off course and out of control this morning. Revelation chapter one and verse five, and from Jesus Christ, who is number one, the faithful witness. Number two, he is the begotten of the dead. He is the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. You must have on this Sunday morning, I have to tell you that you must have the blood applied to your life this morning. It's his blood, the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that he shed on Calvary. His blood offers the only safe haven for our world today. I would remind you of Simon Peter's writings in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live under righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. For ye were as sheep going astray. You had no hope. But are now returned. Those four words I want you to remember today, but now are returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your, our souls. This simply is saying that there was no hope. We were on the wrong road. 
And if you are not where you should be on this Sunday morning, the Lord is moving in this house and he is here to extend an invitation for you to return back to where you know you should be. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. One of the greatest typologies concerning the lamb is found in the writings of Isaiah. It's rendered this way. Who, shall, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when ye shall see him, there is no beauty that you should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. He's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He had borne our, and we, uh, our faces from him. He was despised, and yet we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone his own way. And the Lord have laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. You see, from the Old Testament to the New, the Lamb of God, the story of the Lamb of God continues. It was John the Baptist. He had candidates that followed him to the Jordan River, and he began to speak over them if you please, a statement that went like this. I now indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me, mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unlatch, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and the fire. The second candidate came before John in the Jordan River. And he said, I baptize you with water under repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unlatch. And he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and the fire. He helped the next candidate down into the water. And he said over that candidate, I baptize you with water under repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, Shoes I'm not worthy to unlatch, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and the fire. And the next candidate came down in the water, and John said, I baptize you with the baptism of repentance, saying that you should believe on him that's coming after me. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and the fire. John did not know it, but the next candidate would be Jesus Christ himself. And when John turned to see him, he made this statement, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. I will tell you today that we are living in the grace dispensation. 
Thank God that we have the opportunity to repent of our sins, to be baptized in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. And we've got the promise of the infilling of his spirit with the initial evidence of speaking with a heavenly language. We are living in the grace dispensation. The grace dispensation is an hour and a day and a time and a period that even on this Sunday morning, his blood can take your sins away. The grace dispensation began 2,000 years ago on Calvary and it will end with the rapture of the church. But on this Sunday morning, hallelujah, without the blood of the lamb, grace is just another fancy word in an English dictionary. But with the blood of the lamb, grace is the unmerited favor of God working in our lives. Without the blood of the lamb, redemption is just another word meaning recovery or to rescue or to release. But the blood of the lamb makes a difference. The blood of the lamb, when you have the blood applied, redemption means that you are no longer numbered among those who are not redeemed, but you are redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Without the blood of the lamb, sin will separate you from any relationship with the Lord God. Without the blood of the lamb, sin will exclude you from the promises found in the holy word of God. Without the blood of the lamb, sin will leave you helpless and hopeless and lost. Without the blood of the lamb, sin will keep you from righteousness, peace, and joy with the Holy Ghost. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12, we see what it's like to be without the blood of the Lamb. That at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's what it's like to be without Christ. But if you go to the next verse, it says, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, hallelujah, are made nigh by the blood of Christ because of his death because of his burial, because of his resurrection, you can be born again of the water and of the spirit. The only way to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life is to have the blood of the Lamb applied to your life this morning. The Lamb of God, the precious Lamb of God, the powerful Lamb of God. It stretches the story from Old Testament to New, to us to Today and on into our future. I will tell you today that in Revelation 13 and 8, but the book is written, the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He had this moment in mind before he even created an Adam or an Eve or a tree or a bird or a fish. He had this moment in mind. He was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. 
world. That's why Paul penned these words in Romans chapter 5, but when ye were without Christ and without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, hallelujah, Christ died for us. Much more then, now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. There is no fear on this Sunday morning. There is no fear of the death angel. There's no fear of what the adversary can do. There's no fear of what the enemy might bring upon this society. There's no fear in the church of the living God. Why? Because we've applied the blood. We've got the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our minds, our hearts, our souls, our spirits. We repented of our sins, blood applied. We were baptized in his name, blood applied. We were filled with his spirit, his blood applied. There is no fear today. I wish I could preach to somebody in my heart and I wish you could hear what God is saying to you today. You must apply the blood of Jesus today if you want to be saved from this world around us. First John chapter one, verse seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, what does it do? Cleanseth us from all sin. First Peter chapter one, verse 18 and 19, for as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by traditions of your father. How are we redeemed? How are we redeemed? We are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So here we are today. I want to take you a little bit further. Typically, that's where an Easter sermon would end. We would talk about the lamb in the Old Testament, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. We would bring you on to the New Testament as we did this morning and talk about John the Baptist and talk about Golgotha's Hill and Calvary and the fact that he shed his blood for us there. But on this Sunday morning, I want us to go a little further. Not just the lamb of the past, are the lamb of the present. But I want to take you in the closing moments of this message to the lamb of God in the future. There is a spiritual warfare going on. There is a spiritual struggle in our world. You know, I know, we've never seen anything like this and a lot of times we fear. But I want to come again to this pulpit and tell you, apply the blood. There is judgment coming. There is the fury of God coming, not during the grace dispensation, but there's a rapture that's getting ready to take place. And when the rapture takes place, at that moment, the grace dispensation will come to a screeching halt. So on this Sunday morning, it behooves all of us to make sure that our hearts are right with God because there is a lamb that's going to deal with this world in the future. It's the same lamb that we read about in the Old Testament. It's the same lamb that Abraham said God will provide himself a lamb. It's the same lamb that all of Israel prepared. If you 
pleased by taking that lamb and eating that flesh and applying that blood. It's the same lamb that Isaiah saw in Isaiah 53. It's the same lamb that John preached about. It's the same lamb that was hung on Golgotha's hill and gave his life for everyone in this room. That's where the Easter story usually stops. That's where the pastor usually says, okay, does anybody want to come forward? But I want to reveal something tonight or today from you in the darkness of this night. I want to reveal something to you about the light of the glory of God, that God is still God, that God still has all authority and all power in heaven and in earth. He said when he came out of that grave, when they laid him in a borrowed sepulcher, when they sealed that tomb with a stone, when he came out three days later, he made this statement, I have all power in heaven and in earth. And so on this Sunday morning, I want someone to recognize the fact that God has all power on this earth that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the cattle on a thousand hills. This place does not belong to America. This world does not belong to China. This world does not belong to governments. This world does not belong to the spirit of the age. This world belongs to God. The earth, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. This is God's world. Hallelujah. And things are going to change, ladies and gentlemen, because there is a rapture that's getting ready to take place. I hope you're ready. I hope you're keeping your eye on the eastern horizon. I hope you realize that the God we have sung about today and that I'm preaching about today is the same lamb that's going to come back with authority and power. Do you know what's going to happen in just a few days, weeks, months? We don't know the hour or the day, but we know that he's coming back. The dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to together to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I want to prepare you for what's getting ready to happen. The Lamb is coming back. Jesus is coming back. The rapture is going to take place. There's going to be a catching away of those who have applied the blood of Jesus to their lives. You got to get ready. You have to repent of your sins. I want you to know something. You don't have forever. You're promised 70 years and they rapidly go by. Jesus is coming back. The rapture is going to take place. And when it takes place, the grace dispensation is over. And it's at that moment. Woo, hallelujah. I ask all of the ministers in the office I'm hearing things. I asked the ministers in the office before church today, where are you having lunch? And every one of them answered. They knew exactly. Some are going to restaurants, some to grandparents, some home. They all have a destiny when I'm finished here today and they know where they're going to have lunch. But can I tell you what's going to happen? when the rapture takes place, when the dead in Christ shall rise first 
and we which are alive and remain are caught up together. That will be the beginning of the seven years of tribulation. And we will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know where I'm going when the rapture takes place? I'm going to meet you in the clouds. And then we're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And for seven years, we're going to fellowship with him while there's seven years of tribulation going on here. The story of the Lamb does not end at the rapture. Because after the seven years, I want you to listen carefully to Revelation chapter 17, verse number 14. These, everyone say these. Talking about the Antichrist and all that follow him. And these shall make war with the Lamb. Are you kidding me? You have the audacity Antichrist, do you not understand anti? Do you not understand that you are not the Christ? That you are not who you think you are? That you are not some God? You are an Antichrist individual who's already walking on the face of the earth right now, being groomed by governments, they don't even know it, but being groomed by governments and philosophies to take over this world? They, these are they that walk with the Antichrist. These shall make war with the Lamb. But the next statement says, and the Lamb shall overcome them. How do we know he has the authority and the power to overcome the Antichrist when we come back with him. You see, what's going to happen is when we're raptured out of here and we go to the seven years of the marriage supper of the Lamb and the seven years of tribulation come and go, at the end of that seven years, he is going to mount up on a white horse. The first time he rode into Jerusalem, he rode in on a donkey, the beast of burden, the, the donkey was used for business. The horses were reserved for war. The first time he rode into Jerusalem, going to Calvary, he was here on business. They didn't take his life, he laid it down. They didn't take his life, he gave it freely. They had no power to kill him. He submitted his flesh to the cross. He rode in on a donkey. The first time he showed up, he showed up on business. But what I'm talking about now is the second time he comes, uh, he's going to be on a white horse because he's not coming for business. He's coming for war. And he's coming for war against the Antichrist and the spirit of the age that now lives in this world. And this is what I want you to see on this Sunday morning. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. Why? Because He is Lord of Lords, and He is 
king of kings. And they, they that are in this room that are raptured, that go to the seven year reign with him over the lamb's wonderful dinner, the, the, the bride of Christ is gonna be at the marriage supper of the lamb for seven years. We are the ones who are going to come back with him and they that are with him, you and me, he said, they are called. You want to know what he calls you? Called, chosen, and faithful. The followers of Christ. Hallelujah. So how do we prepare? How do we know, pastor, that we can be ready? Ready for the rapture. Ready for the battle that we're fighting right now. Can I tell you, the spirit of the Antichrist is working right now. It's in this world. I hope I can get this message across to you because this is the most important part of the story of the Lamb of God. It's where we are in this very hour. Thank God for Old Testament and New Testament stories. But the most important thing for us to understand is where we are right now. And you look around this world, it is out of control. It is out of control. But I've got news for you. He knows. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he said in his writings, in Revelation chapter two and verse number 11, talking about you and talking about me, the ecclesia, the church, the redeemed, and they overcame him. We're not talking about the Antichrist here. We're talking about Satan himself. And they overcame Satan. How? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Can I preach to somebody right now? The word is nigh thee, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. And you have a testimony today. And when you couple your testimony with the blood of the lamb, something powerful happens. When you mix word and faith, when you mix the blood of the lamb with the message you give, there's something powerful that happens to people around you. And so today, on this Easter Sunday morning, they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb. So what do we do, Pastor? In closing, our only hope, can I tell you right now, our only hope is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. As the musicians come, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, 4, and 5 simply says this, blessed, favored with blessings is what that means. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. How? How did we find this hope? This lively hope. Where did this lively hope come from? Again, unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his 
abundant mercy have begotten us to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And look at verse five, to an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. So today's a day where you can become the called, the chosen, and the faithful. On this Sunday morning at New Life Christian Center, you can be called out of darkness into a marvelous light. You can be called out of sin unto the Savior. You can be transformed to walk in the newness of life. There's something beautiful and something powerful about repenting of your sins because when you repent, God forgives you. It feels so good to be forgiven. It feels so good to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And he forgives you when you repent. But you still carry the stain of that sin in your life. And so what do we do next? We have to get all those stains washed away. Repentance, I'm going a different direction. I'm gonna do something different with my life. I'm not gonna go the same way. I'm gonna be a different person. That's repentance, I'm making a change. That's repentance, God loves that. But after you repent and he forgives you, you still have the stain of every sin that you've ever committed. What do I do, pastor? Well, the second step is for you to be baptized in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you go down in the water and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, where the power and authority is, it's in his name, is called over you. When you are baptized in his name, every sin you repented of, the stains of those sins are washed away. And when you come out of the waters of baptism, there is no record of your past. There is no record of your past. And he promises you the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, the evidence of God's spirit living on the inside of you. And now you're prepared for the rapture, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and you're prepared to come back with him to destroy the Antichrist. We're on the winning side today. Hallelujah. There's a lot of death and pain and misery in this world, but it can't touch a child of God. Hallelujah. In this life, in this life, there's hope. And that hope is in Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So you're invited today by him to be the called, the chosen, and the faithful. Because he's bringing with him back to this earth the called, the chosen, the faithful. Now we have to face ourself in the mirror and ask ourselves the question, am I called? Am I chosen? Am I faithful? If he comes today, 
and the grace dispensation ends, will I be saved? Am I ready to go? Hallelujah. Well, you're in the right place today because on this Sunday morning, this is a ticket exchanging altar. When you were born, you were born in sin. You were shaped in iniquity. When you were born, you were born without Christ because of Adam and Eve by one man's sin and one man's disobedience, we're all born in sin. And so the ticket that you was given on the date of your birth was a ticket that said you are going down. You have no hope. But the beautiful, wonderful, powerful message of the Lamb of God is that you can bring that ticket to him today in this altar and exchange it for a ticket that says, I'm bound for heaven. Don't know where you're going, but I made up in my mind a long time ago, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to spend eternity with him. I'm waiting for the catching away of the bride. You are the bride. You are the called. You are the chosen. You are the faithful. If you will apply the word of God to your life today. Would you bow your heads right now for a word of prayer? Ministers, would you join me in the altar area? We're going to pray for any and all that want prayer today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this Easter Sunday morning. I thank you for the presence of God that has been here from the very beginning of this service. And I pray that you will overshadow us and strengthen us and touch us, Lord. You're not just the God of the Old Testament. You're not just the lamb found in the New Testament. But you're our lamb. You're our God. You are our King of kings. You are our Lord of lords. And we're going to go into eternity with you, Lord. It's not about here and now. It's about you being the decimal point between time and eternity. It's about us being with you forever. I pray, Lord, if there are those that are not right with you and maybe they're not saved today, that they would step across the threshold of leaving this world behind. Coming into your kingdom, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of power over sin, power over iniquity, power over the spirit of the age, power over the antichrist. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit that's here right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.